Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can we just stand up and worship God just these two songs? Holy are you God of creation for you God Jesus, they were afraid. You can sit down. Our topic for today is the Lordship of Christ. Our topic for today's sermon is the Lordship of Christ. And our anchor scripture will be Psalm 135, verse 5. No, verse 6. Verse 6, rather. Anchor scripture, Psalm 135, verse 6. Whatever the Lord pleases, He does. In heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all deep places. Whatever the Lord pleases, He does in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all deep places. Hallelujah. So, for the sake of this teaching, I will be calling the earth, the seas, the heavens and the deep places, the elements of creation. To make it simpler, the elements of creation, the earth, the heavens, the seas and the deep places. 
So according to that scripture, we are made to understand that nothing, nothing happens by accident. Nothing happens by chance. There is nothing in this world that happens by accident. Everything is coordinated by something or by someone. And if we do not know who that person is, then we will not be able to live life according to our, according to our fullest potential. And so it's important that we know the person behind the activities of the health. It's important that we know the person who is organizing and directing and coordinating the health so that we can so that I can give us hope and faith. Hallelujah. Now they are their personalities or their persons. There is, and those pers and those persons are basically classes of beings that are created. Although there's a class that is not created, those classes are man, the minions of the devil, the devil himself, the angels, and God. Man, the demonic hosts, Satan, the angels, and God. And so anything that happens on earth, anything that happens above is regulated by these beings. But all these beings, even they themselves, they are subordinate to a higher authority. And so if they do not submit to that authority, if they try to do anything by their own power or by their own will, the heads will not be able to answer them. Those elements will not listen to them. They have to submit to the will of someone. And by that submission, the, the, the elements of creation will be able to answer them and will be able to do whatever it is that is demanded of them. And so that means that that person himself who is in charge is the one who directs their head. And so whatever he wills, he will do. Whatever he desires, he will do. Whatever he pleases will come to pass. It will come to pass. But there is still the need for those personalities to submit to his authority. And if they don't submit to his authority, then nothing will happen. And so for that person to be in charge, that means that, that he's like the master of everything. And if he's the master of everything, then everything will submit to him. And if everything submits to him, that means everything, that means the elements of creation are his servants. And so whatever he wills would happen. And such a person has the right and the authority to be called the God. Hallelujah. He has the right to be called Lord because he is the master of creation. The, the concept of lordship is something that existed before creation. It is part of the kingdom. But given that we live in a society where the system of government is democracy, we might not really be familiar with the term lordship. And so before we can understand what lordship is, we would have to go back to the closest counter, ethnic counterparts, the closest ethnic counterpart of lordship. That, so that we can be able to understand that which is heavenly. And presently, the, the, the latest analogy 
I can use is that of the landlord. A landlord is a person who owns a particular piece of land or a territory. And because he owns this territory, he's able to do as he pleases. He's able to do as he desires. He can choose to build a house. He can choose to sell it. He can choose to lease it out. He can choose to build an industry or a business or to plant a farm. Whatever he wants, he can, he can do with it. And there is nobody that can challenge him because he's the owner of that land. Hallelujah. Because he's the owner of that land, he has the right to do whatever it is that he, that he chooses to do. And there is no one who has the authority to undermine him. And if, and if he owns the land, then that means anything that is within the confines of his territory belongs to him. It belongs to him. And so if anyone seeks to build anything on his own land, or if anyone who is not authorized could come to his land, then that means that person is guilty of trespassing. Is guilty of trespassing. And it's the same thing with the Lord. God himself is the owner of heaven and the head. He is the master of the head. And so everything on the head belongs to him. Everything submits to him. There is nothing on this head that can be done without his approval. That can be done without his permission. It is nothing at all. It's like the phone that you are using now. You cannot expect that phone to defile you, so to say. Like if you want to go to that language now, you cannot expect the phone to start going to, to start clicking Bluetooth. That, that means that it is uh, undermining your authority over that, over, that, over that phone. And if the phone is now hanging, then that can be very, very frustrating. So you cannot decide to, to sell it off. So it's the same thing with the Lord. Because he holds it, nothing is expected to define him. Nothing is expected to question his authority. But nowadays, it's so sad that the Lord himself, through the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 45 verse 9, was lamenting that the clay that he hold was disrespecting the potter. You can check that scripture, Isaiah chapter 45 verse 9. And you and I think one of you should should read it out. Yes. Uh-huh. Please continue and uh, please read it again. Thank you. It's only man. So uh, the porter was trying to say that the clay is disrespecting him, and is not, and and chose not to do what he wanted him to do. For example, the porter wanted the pot, but the clay decided to be a cup. That is not what the porter had in mind. And so the porter is now complaining about the turn of events, and it's the same thing with man. The only, the only. The only thing, the only entity that is that is insubordinate to the Lord is man. The only thing that refuses to submit to his authority 
then refuses to accept the Lord. And then refuses to accept him as his master, his man. That was why the Lord was lamenting and used the analogy of the potter and the clay. Hallelujah. So let us go to Lordship in the Kingdom. Lordship in the Kingdom. I notice that you're not writing. Okay. Lordship in the Kingdom. For the sake of this session, I would use the the, the most the most, I mean, the closest um, counterparts to the kingdom of God, and that is the government of feudalism. In feudalism, the system of government was that there was someone who owned a particular piece of land or a territory, and that person was called the Lord. The land was called the thief, F I E F, the thief, and he now distributed those lands. To different people those people were called bass house and the, and the and there was a contract between the lord and the vassal the, the vassal was entitled to receiving revenue from the land was also entitled to protection and also and was also and was also and was also obligated to offer his loyalty to the lord that lord was something like the king of that time of that period was obligated to offer his loyalty to the Lord and his allegiance to him and his service to him. His service could be in form of, mini of military conscription. He could choose to work in the military. He could choose to work on behalf of the Lord for the people who were called the peasants at that time. Are you hearing me? He could choose to work for the people. And the king, is, the king would offer him a lot of benefits. We'll offer him something like revenue, we'll give him food, and, 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 and at times the vassal had the same rights as the heir of the Lord. As the heir of the Lord. But the question we should be asking ourselves is how that Lord himself managed to get the land that you could not be able to distribute to different people. That land, that land was the basis of his lordship because he was the king. As a king, he had the authority to govern over a particular piece of land. That authority is called sovereignty. Sovereignty. And with that sovereignty, there was nobody who could challenge his authority. Like, they could rule the land without external, uh, external interference. Just as Nigeria now is a sovereign country, the country of Great Britain cannot meddle in Nigerians' affairs directly. Because Nigeria is sovereign. Had it been Nigeria was still under colonialism, then the, Brit then the British could choose to do whatever they wanted to do in Nigeria. And it's the same thing with the king. His authority was unchallenged. And with that authority, he had the resources to back it up. Like to make that authority legitimate. Things like accommodation, clothing, food, wealth, resources and shelter. And, and those resources gave him the, the, the ability to control and to influence his environment. That ability is called power. Are you getting what I'm saying? That ability is called power. And so, there, and so that power 
was not made his authority legitimate. There was no one who could defile him. There was no one who could undermine him. There was no one who could be disobedient to him. Because he also had the military to back up what he was doing. So if anyone weaponed against his authority, that person will be punished. That person will be punished. But everything, including his kingship, was inched on the fact that he owned a particular piece of land. Was inched on the on the land that he owned. And that land that he owned made him a lord. And that is how lordship plays in the kingdom. Because the Lord owns the heads, he can serve as the king of the heads. Because the Lord owns heaven, he can serve as the king of heaven. And there is no one, and there is no civil entity that can challenge his authority. And he also has the power that backs up that authority. Uh, who can challenge the, Lord, the, the, the host of heaven? Who can challenge the heavenly army? There is no one. There's absolutely no one. And because he now has the land, he can actually give it out to different people. And that is what he did. According to Psalm 55 verse 16, that just says the, the heavens, even the highest heavens, belongs to the Lord. But the head he has given to man. And so he made man his vassal. Just as the the, the Lord in the or in the feudal system made vassals or people by, by distributing his land to them. He gave the earth to man. Just as the University of Ibado gave um, gave accommodation to freshers and to sailors at times. But they are staying in that place. Their, their occupancy in that place was inched on a contract. There were some terms and regulations, terms and conditions rather, that they were expected to keep the tenants, the vassals rather, that they were expected to keep. And if they did not keep it, then they could be evicted from that land. They could be evicted from that room, so to say. And it was the same thing with man. The Lord gave him heaven to guard over, to keep, to till. But somewhere along the line, he defiled the laws that were given to him. He disobeyed his master. And there were consequences to pay for that. There were consequences to pay for that. And with so with everything I've been saying, I've been trying to um, to explain the concept of lordship without necessarily defining lordship, so that when I now make the definition, we can be able to piece it together. So, who is a lord? Who is a lord? A Lord is a person or an individual who is the master of something, of a particular piece of land. A Lord is a person who is a master of a particular piece of land. He is also the person who is the owner of a particular piece of land. He is the, also the person who is the owner of a particular piece of land. And the final definition is also the person who is of a higher authority. He is also the person who is of a higher authority. And because he's one who has authority, that means there are people who, who, who submit to him. 
there are people who are subordinate to him. He has servants who do his will and his bidding at all times, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation, regardless of the timing. He can do as he pleases. And so when we call God, the maker of heaven and earth, the Lord, it is because he is the master of heaven and of earth. He is also the owner of heaven and of earth. And is our and is the one we submit to ultimately. Is the ultimate authority, the highest form of authority. Hallelujah. He is the ultimate authority. He is the ultimate authority. And Jesus Himself, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the one whom we are supposed to submit to. He is the one whom we are supposed to submit to. There are three, there are three reasons why Jesus is God. Based on my study of the fact, there are three reasons why Jesus Christ is the Lord of the universe. Why Jesus Christ is the Lord of the universe? The first reason is by inheritance. Jesus Christ is Lord by inheritance. The second reason is by rights of creation. By rights of creation. And the third is by merit or by conquest. By merit or by conquest. The first one by inheritance. The chapter, the scripture to use will be Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. Someone should read that. Hebrews 1, verse 2. Thank you. Whom he appointed heir of all things. The good transliteration in the, of that word heir means one who has obtained something as an inheritance. One who has a portion of something as an inheritance. And Jesus Christ, being the Son of God, is naturally the heir to his father's property. If I have a company now, the person I would hold that company to will not be the back, will not be the manager, regardless of how people he has been, or his loyalty, or how well he has performed during his time of service. You will be my son. You will be my son. My son will be the heir to my company. And so Jesus Christ is the heir of all things. If you look at the story of the prodigal son, you will notice that that prodigal son. Was the, was the heir to a particular portion of his father's property. And that was because he had another brother who would have had a larger share of the father's property. And so the, the younger one, the prodigal son, decided to meet the father to demand his rights, 
to demand his inheritance, and the father gave it to him. But Jesus, on the other hand, does not have to demand the father of any rights because he has it already. And unlike the prodigal son, he has been appointed the heir of all things, every single thing. Everything the father holds, he also owns it. Everything the father holds, he owns it. And as the only begotten of the father, there is no one he needs to share his inheritance to. His inheritance with rather. There is no one he needs to share his inheritance with. He can only choose to do so by his discretion. Hallelujah. By inheritance, Jesus Christ is the Lord. Because he is the Son of God, the property of the Father belongs to him. By just being the Son. Hallelujah. The second one, by creation. That's the Hebrews 1, chapter 2. That's in Hebrews 1, verse 2. It said, through whom he created the world. Jesus Christ is the Lord of the earth by virtue of creation. He has the rights of creation. And because he has the rights of creation, he owns the world. That is why the potter could complain to the king that why are you disrespecting me? Because he wanted to turn that pot, turn that clay into something spectacular. And that thing, by making it, make, by making it, made him the Lord or the master over that, over that finished product, over that product. So Jesus Christ is also the head, is also the Lord of the head by reason of creation. And John chapter 1 also says that and without him nothing was made. There, there was nothing that had been made that was made. And so the Lord Jesus Christ also created the world, the universe. Many people usually say that Jesus is not the creator of the universe. Usually say that Jesus uh, was just the Son of God, that God the Father just did everything while Jesus just standing by. Just was just a spectacle looking at what the Father was doing. But that's not the case. Jesus Christ was actively involved, was actively involved in the creation of the universe. And he participated in it as well. And he has as much rights as the Father and as the Spirit to the Lordship of the universe by reason of creation. So let it be settled in your mind now that Jesus Christ is the creator of the universe and is, the, and is your creator as well. He created you, he created me, he created everything that is in this place, he created, it, he created them all. The third one, by marriage or by conquest. By merit or by conquest. Hallelujah. By merit or by conquest. So, the story is that God gave the earth to man. But he didn't give the earth to man as his own possession. He loaned it to man and wanted to receive interest from it. Man could not say that he's the owner of the head. That was why he was eventually chased out. And man now failed, he now failed to obey God. And he decided to rebel against his authority. He chose, he chose independence, over dependence on God. And because of that, the Lord has to take the right, the Lord has to take the head from the man. But in doing so, 
there was a power vacuum at that point. And that was because Satan, by instigating something like a pool, managed to overthrow man. And by so doing, he became the, the new head of the earth. But that authority was illegitimate. Something like the dictator. You know that the dictator now they usually acquire that power by force, not by consent, not by merit. They they coerce people into some into into submission. I was sitting with Satan, and so the Lord now decided to pull back and now reclaim his property. That was why in, in Luke's account of the temptation of Jesus, Satan himself, in front of Jesus Christ, in front of the owner of the heads, boldly said that he owed the heads and he could choose to give it to anyone as his own will. But Jesus did not question his authority. Jesus did not challenge him. And Jesus himself, even in John, said that now is the prince of this world passed out, for he has nothing over me. They called him the prince of this world, meaning that he actually was actually the head of the world at that time. So Jesus decided to reclaim the head for man, for God. And he chose to die for, and he chose to die. And by virtue of his death, he went to hell. He went to hell. The scriptures that correlate with my saints are Matthew chapter 12, verse 29. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 and Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. Matthew chapter 12 verse 29. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 and Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. You can, you can read them. You can read them all. So please can you read it again? How can a man, a strong man at the house? But he did not know that someone was about to rob him. And because he didn't plan for it, he was overtaken, was caught was caught by surprise. And he lost his possessions. He lost his possessions. That's what Jesus did when he went to hell. They thought they could keep him there. They thought they could keep him bound there. But he didn't come to suffer. He didn't go there to suffer. He went there to fight. And he and can someone read um, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14? Hebrews 2 verse Thank you. That true death, he might destroy the power of him that had that point death, that was the master of death. So that means that Satan was using death as a weapon to legitimize, to, to legitimize his power. And Jesus now managed to rescue that power away from him. 
and now he has the power over death, global life, and he chose to give us life. And let us go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Chapter 15. Colossians 2 15. Thank you. Avon designed principalities and powers. He made a show over them. He made a show over them. Jesus went to hell and he, and he met with the host of hell. He didn't just fight the devil. He fought against the hordes of hell. He fought against the demonic army. And he, managed, and he defeated every single one of them. And, he, and because he defeated every single one of them, he became the ruler of the earth. Lands in the feudal times were acquired by conquest. A king or a tribal chief would go to, to another land that will not eat and challenge the owner of that land to a fight, to a war. And when he now won the battle, People now claim rights to lordship on that particular land. So lands were acquired by conquest. Lands were acquired by conquest. And also, the lords also had the military. Those, those, soldiers, those soldiers were called knights. They were called knights. And their, own, and their own work was to fight the wars of the king. To fight the battles of the lord. And when they now fought those battles and won them, and now they some great things, they will come back to their to their place and be and will be appointed great honor. They'll be given titles, they'll be given places like lands, they'll be given some special benefits and some goodies like that. And they'll also be given a lot of prestige and honor. If you, if you were a knight at that time, you were one of the most influential persons in the system, in the country at that period. And so Jesus Christ is the knight of God. By choosing to fight the war of God against the devil, was able to conquer the devil and he reclaimed the heavens and he, uh, sorry, and he reclaimed the heads for God. And by so doing, the Lord now esteemed him so highly that he gave him a place as his eyesight. Now he gave him a throne to sit on. Psalm 11 Someone was over so sit at my right hand until I make the enemies your footstool. He is sitting there presently. And also in Philippians chapter 2, so that therefore God has so highly exalted him that in the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. And even and the preceding verse, the preceding verses talked about how Jesus was able to get to, get to that position that he is. He became Lord by merit. He became Lord by, by my marriage. By conquering the devil, was able to become the Lord of the of the of the head. Hallelujah. This is why Stephen, when he was about to die, could see the Lord seated at the right hand of God. He was, he was able to see Jesus Himself seated at the right hand of God, a place of power, a place of position, a place of authority. And so there is nothing. Like I've said before, that, that can object to Jesus to Jesus' reign as the Lord. He's the Lord of the head. By inheritance, by creation, and by conquest. 
is the is the undisputed lord of the head. There is there is nothing that can challenge his lordship. He was not a dictator. He did not acquire by force. He reclaimed it. He reclaimed it. He reclaimed it. And so let us go to the to submitting to the lordship of Christ. About to explain how lordship is the consequences of lordship. So I'll be able to understand what it really means to submit to the authority of Christ, to the lordship of Christ. That was why I talked about the two the the the, the ethnic counterparts of the concept of lordship. Because we cannot use the power to understand heavenly things. We would have to look at the closest earthly counterpart to it. We have to look, we have to look at the shadow or a pattern, the earthly pattern. So that we'll be able to understand heavenly things. Hallelujah. So submit to the to the Lordship of Christ. What does it mean? To submit to the Lordship of Christ. What does it mean? Submit to the Lordship of Christ. What does it mean to submit to the Lordship of Christ? Remember I talked about the Lord, the Lord and the Pastor earlier. God, there was a ceremony that occurred between the Lord and the Pastor. The Lord will bring the Pastor to him. The Pastor was not required to sweat, to swear loyalty to the Lord. And in exchange for that loyalty, the Lord will now offer upon him protection. We also offer him some privileges as well. I said this earlier. And the vassal would, would, would pledge his allegiance to him and his service to him. He will pledge his service to him. He will pledge his allegiance to him. And, and, they would, and he was now a servant of the Lord. He was acting in the interest of the Lord. So when we submit to the authority of the Lordship of Christ, it means we are, pledge, we, are, we, are pledge, we are pledging our allegiance to him. It means that our loyalty is now for God and God alone. And there is nothing that us to challenge that. Our loyalty is to God alone. Is to God alone. And by virtue of those three things that I, that I listed, His Lordship has now become a, a reality in our own lives as well. He owns us. He fought for us, and He created us. Hallelujah. And by virtue of being the Lord in our lives, there are things that we cannot do again. We cannot just live as we like anymore. We are now servants. We are now servants. And servants, they, their life, their, their lifestyle is very, very regimented. They could, they, can, they could not do something by themselves. Every time they have to submit to a higher authority. If they did anything on their own accord, then there were some punishments and some consequences that could await them. So also is the same with us. So, so, so also is the same with us. As Jesus is now our Lord, we cannot do. There are some things we cannot just do by ourselves. There are some things that we cannot do anymore. Because when we choose to go outside His lordship, that is when we commit sin. When we choose to go outside His lordship, we are declaring independence. We are declaring independence, and that is what Adam and Eve did. That that that, made to, that led to them being cast out of the garden. Independence. 
And because we are also his servants, that means that if he tells us anything to do, if he gives us any assignments, or if he has a job for us, we have to do them. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the timing, regardless of the situation, we have to do them. By, by virtue of, of his lordship, we are now his servants. We now have to submit to his authority. We now have to work for him. We are now his laborers. We are now his laborers. We are now his laborers. Hallelujah. There are many a times that the Lord will call us to do some things for him. Probably as simple as waking us up in the middle of the night to pray for to pray for someone. There are times that the Lord can tell us to to empty our bank account for someone. There are times that he can tell us to stay somewhere or to do something. There are times he gives us burdens or he, or he lays out instructions for us to deliver. But many a times we openly define it. We define we define it. We choose not to do those things. We choose not to do those things. We choose to we, we see his worship as something constraining. Something of something of, of bond of the bondage. Whereby we cannot do as we like or as we please. But we say we have to follow him. And by reason of his worship of ours, the way for us becomes now and now now every day. Freedom in the kingdom is submitting to the will of God. That is what liberty is. Submitting to the will of God. So if he tells you not to do something, or if he tells you to do something, it is important that you listen to him because he's the Lord. He is the owner of your life. That life that you live is not yours anymore. Did not yours anymore. The moment you submitted to his lordship, your life died. You didn't have a life anymore. Your life now became that of Christ. That was why Paul could say, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Because he has submitted to his lordship. And so the life we live, the lives we live, will not be a reflection of his lordship in our lives. Hallelujah. And there are several indicators of his lordship. Indicators like how we behave. Remember I said the Lord was the was the sovereign ruler of a particular territory. And there were also people beneath him. And kings at that time could influence the kingdom according to their preferences. The culture of the king, I mean the culture of the, of the kingdom was dependent on the lifestyle of the king. And so the king will let down rules and regulations for the people to abide by, abide by, to follow, to stick to. And if they didn't stick to those rules, there were consequences that entailed for them. Hallelujah. Are you getting me? And so the Lord has also laid for us a pattern to set. There is a kingdom, I mean there is a culture in the kingdom that we are supposed to live by. And if we do not live by this culture, then Jesus is not really the Lord in our lives. He is not really the Lord in our lives. Hallelujah. Also, how we, how we spend our money. I know this one is very, very controversial, but it's actually true. How we spend our money also determines if Jesus is the Lord of your life. Because wealth in the kingdom is something that in form of stone worship. There is no one that can claim possessions 
of properties in the kingdom. All the money that you have belongs to God. You are like his banks. And so the Lord now wants to use that money for any for anything that he has in mind. He will withdraw from that bank. He will now use it for his desire. But when the bank is now choosing not to give him the money, that means that the problem has come. If my bank now should decide that they don't want to give him my, the money that's in my bank account, I don't know how I'll be able to be. We scatter the bank. Truly, we scatter the bank. Because it's my money. The bank is just the custodian of that money. And it's the same with the kingdom as well. The Lord, the bank of the Lord is man. The wealth of the kingdom has invested in man. And so whether money comes or it goes, it is because it's because it is the Lord's money. And so how we spend our money really really matters in the kingdom. Um I'm sure many of us now would would have time for Netflix subscription. We would buy we would have time for personal items, personal belongings. So many of us usually download movies, we spend money on data as well. Some of us will go to the tour mall to watch a movie or to see a friend. And yet, and when you now do the project, when we now calculate the expenses, we will not say anything as giving. We will not say anything as taking off food. It will be compensated, probably like 100 naira or like 50 naira. Right? They cannot spend as much as 5,000 naira in Ventura more. It ought not to be like that. It ought not to be like that, really. The money that you have, it belongs to God. And you should not just spend any You should not just spend people lostly. The focus should be on advancing the kingdom. If God has a need, they will come to man. If God also has a need in monetary if he needs to give money to someone, or if he needs to kickstart a project, he also need money. But the money has invested with people. And so we should understand that that money is not our own. It's not our possession. Nowadays, this December period, we already seen something like 30 December. Everyone wants to spend, everyone wants to go to clubs and parties and all. And many, I'm sure many of those people now will be Christians as well. I don't think anyone, anyone of them will be focused on actually giving to someone. I don't think anyone of them will be focused on giving to an orphanage or to the less privileged. I don't think anyone of them will focus on just giving to the beggar in their streets or to the person who is lacking or even to a friend that they know is destitute. But instead, they spend it on their own selfish desires and pleasures. And that is not to be so. So lordship, it means that that life you live is not your own. It is not your own. You live it for the Lord and you live it for the people around you. The people that God has entrusted in your care. The people that God has placed to submit to you. You live your life for them as well and for the Lord. And so if you choose to focus on just yourself alone, if you choose to focus on just your pleasures in you, then you are a liability to the Lord. You are disturbing the Lord, you are undermining his authority. And it should not be like that. I focus, I just thought I just talked about money and also talked about behavior and also about instruction as well. Those three things, there are still more, but those three things are very, very important. 
the most important part of lordship is service in the kingdom. And we are his servants. We are his servants. And that is the case because he brought us. First Peter chapter 1 verse 15 talked about uh, in first Peter chapter 1 verse 16. Peter was saying that we have been bought, we have been redeemed. But not with but not with anything that is perishable, anything that is fading. But that which is incorruptible, that which is blood. My Bible now that is here, that's on the pulpit. I spent money to buy it. But to buy you, Jesus spent his blood. The currency he used to buy you was his blood. And because of that, he owns you. He practically gave up his life to own you. And the least you could do, give the very, very least that you could do, is to live for him, to live for him. He is to serve him. My heart really cries when I see the reason some professed Christians usually live their lives. You see them engage in people's activities. You see them focus on things that are mundane. You see them talk about things that ought not to be spoken of in the kingdom. Really, it's, it's sad. It's really sad. Very, very sad. Because the Lord is looking for servants. He's looking for those who they can entrust to serve him and will be able to carry out and able to bring out results with efficiency, with proficiency and with competency. And so if we are not, if we do not submit to that master-servant relationship, then the Lord, the, the Lord will not be able to use us. And if the Lord cannot use us, then the Lord cannot work. And if the Lord cannot work, nothing can happen. So, that thing that has told you to do, that instruction that has given to you, that burden that has placed in your heart, how well have you managed it? Did you do it to a satisfaction? Did he tell you that this is my beloved son, you look I am well pleased? Did he tell you that? Or are you or do you have that acquisition in your conscience that says that I've not done anything? This thing, I've not done it. That that money that I told me to give to someone, I didn't give it. That smile that I just told me to give to a friend, I did not give that smile. That person that I told you to go to to spend time with, I didn't give that person. I didn't, I didn't give to that person. That position will be there. That position will be there. Many a times, the Lord can just tell us that we should just go and meet a friend who is struggling. It might not be monetary or financial, probably emotional issues or personal issues. And the Lord asks us, okay, this person needs someone to talk to. Probably this person needs advice. And I said, okay, you should go to, you should go and meet this person. I may not necessarily know whatever it is that is, behind, that is stopping that person. Whatever it is that is making that person happy. But then you choose, you chose not to go. And something tells you that happens. It could be as drastic as someone committing suicide. Or someone entering depression. Hallelujah. So, the purpose of this teaching was to stay upon was to stay in the heart a spirit of submission to understand that we were bought by the Lord we are now slaves of God even though we are sons we are slaves as well and a slave cannot do anything without the master's freedom the lifestyle in Spain is very very regimented up to the food he eats to the clothing that he wears to the things that he does to his spare time everything is regimented 
Although in our office there's still a bit of freedom, personal freedom, but we should not for but we should not buy we should not abuse that privilege of freedom that has given to us of personal freedom. We should not abuse it, and now the mind is lordship in our life. I come to say my say that there are some people that God told them to give our money to him. So we should say myself. I need to be better they bought their money. They already trembled. And they were finding it difficult to let go of the money. But God will just test their hearts. God will just say that God did not want them to give the money to Jesus Shaman. We just test their hearts to see if, if they were Lord in that. If they were Lord in, in, in if sorry, if he was Lord in their life. And the fact that they were able to submit that money to Jesus Shaman meant that it was not in their lives. And you should also understand this. If the Lord is not Lord in every aspect of your life, there is no Lord at all. If it is not Lord in every aspect of your life, from the way you think, the way you act, the way you behave towards people, to the way you organize yourself, every single thing at all, if it is not Lord in any of those things, if you do anything without Him, it means, Without him being the center of it all, then there is no Lord in your life. I once read this Indian story, sir, but I'll apply it here. The story is said of a of a rich of a village that, that had that had poor people here. So this rich man now wanted to buy that village and it for himself. So he was not able to, to buy every land here in that village. But there was only one land that was not able to get, and that land was owned by a by an old man. And this old man, he did not want to sell that village. I mean, sorry, he did not want to sell that land to the to the rich man. And despite the negotiations, despite the dialogue, the old man was stubborn. So he did not sell it to the rich man. So the rich man Bakamu then decided to host a party in commemoration of this supposed acquisition of the village. So the friends of this old man now came to the old man as the rich man was planning it, was doing his party. So they now said that, so they now told him that, why is this man said the Britain? That as he sold your house, have you sold your house to him as well? So that is he not the owner of the village? So the, the old man answered that he's not the owner of the village. As long as my land is here, the owner of the village. It's until I sell that land to him, that he owes everything. So it's the same thing with you. If, if you say Jesus is the Lord of your life, can can Satan say that? No. Mm. Can Satan tell you that that this sin is preventing you from making him complete Lord in your life? If the Lord wants to test His lordship in your life, will never be satisfied. Will never be satisfied because we know that Lord, it will definitely it will definitely come to test us to see if that place that you've said we are building in, in our hearts to see if we are is actually the center of our of our hearts it will test us it will test us and when that test is done and when that fire is burned out can we can it can we have the confidence to say that i'm the lord in this person's life is there any addiction that you are struggling with presently that can actually undermine his gospel there was once a time in, in, my, in my stay in Uisha, thank God he has ended. 
I used to buy junk food a lot. Like a lot. Almost every day, 15 naira donuts, 15 naira fish food. It got to a point that my department mates, my classmates were saying that if you, if Adair was to win an award in his department, it would be for the stomach of the, of the department. For stomach of the department. And all those little, little monies that I was, that I was spending, 15 naira here and again, eventually, if I were to calculate that money, I could have actually but I, should, I could have actually used that money for something better. I could have used that money to give to give to people. I could have used that money to even to even offer as offering. Or I could have used that money for even even though it was small, but not that appreciated the heart behind the offering. I could have even used the I could have even used that money to just contribute to any project that Lord wanted to use. But because I was always spending on junk food. And the Lord was telling that they are prepared to come this thing, stop this thing, try, uh, try to control this thing. The Lord was telling me, but I did not listen. And I got to a point that one day, the money I wanted to use to register for my GS exam, I spent it for good months. I'm serious. And the deadline was and the deadline was the next day. Like my last card. And I was just sitting there. Just to do copy and now submit to GSP. I expect to do that. And that day, say thank God. Say thank God. Events like that have they have taught me that even the money I have, even everything I do, I cannot just do them for myself. That is why there is also the need for the truth of the spirit, as we said earlier. That's why there's also the need for self-control. Addictions, all those little foxes in your vineyard. All those things like probably you watch movies too much, you press your phone too much, you are, you are always on social media 24 7, you don't have time for God, you don't pray, you don't study, you don't fast. Things like you are always outside, you are always outside, you never spend you never spend time doing God. It may not look bad to you, it may not even look helpful, it may not look permissible, but not all things are beneficial. So we should focus on that which which offers priority to the Lord. I should lay and we should cut off that which is not there. Now that the year, now that uh, 2021 is coming, many of us now would have already started planning new year resolution. That's why I said that okay, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to lose some weight. I want to I want to read my Bible more often. As as nice as those things are, please, please eh, place the Lord as a as a priority. Make the Lord your new year resolution. In all your activities, let him, let him be centered around it. That is how to make the Lord your Lord. Remember what the Bible, remember what Jesus said, many call, many, many call me Lord, Lord, Lord. But yes, he's not going to, but yes, he's not going to call them this. But those who do the will of, of the Father are those who will enter the kingdom. So if you do the will of the Father, Jesus is your Lord. Hallelujah. To submit to the Lordship of Christ requires that you submit to the will of God and you do it per time, per season, per circumstance, per convenience, regardless of the situation. Hallelujah. So with this, we have come to the end of today's sermon. Hallelujah. So before I go, let us just make this prayer request. It's just one. 
I want you to think of anything now that could probably be an obstacle in your making Jesus the Lord. And submit it to him. Some of you, for some probably, they have problems with going with drugs and partying. Some probably they are compromised with the world already. Some they, 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 their lifestyles are not, are not reflective of the glory of God. The Lord is asking that you submit all those things to him. You bring everything back to him. Bring everything back to him. Probably your money, your health, your time, your energy, your efforts, anything at all that concerns you. Even your friends as well. Yeah. There are many friends that they even that even they they, they so change God in our lives. Friends that take the place of God in our hearts. Many friends that we have that because of God, we, because of them, we cannot do what God wants us to do because you'll be you'll be termed or be considered what um, you'll be considered holier than thou. Should I post that Lord, every of these things, every of these things, I bring them to you. I submit to your authority. I submit to your lordship. Amen. God, we said in the book of Romans that um, you beseech us to offer our bodies and to offer our body as living sacrifices to you. We bring everything that we have, everything that we have. We know that we do not in ourselves, but you hold us. And Lord, we submit everything to the world that to do as we desire. We submit everything to do as we please. And Lord, be the Lord of our life in the name of Jesus. Thank you for answering this prayer. So it's just a word. Yeah, so it's just a word.